0: Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence. A conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie? Jamie? We are really proud to serve up a truly enjoyable episode here. I sat down on a Friday afternoon with Nick and Dean Becheris of Becheris Brothers Coffee Company in Highland Park, Michigan. A Detroit story. If you know this podcast, you know these brothers aren't founders of a new business concept. No, they are part of the third generation of this fascinating business that is already bridging into the fourth gen. We touch on a wide range of subjects from great uncles, To supplying Uncle Sam to hedging coffee futures, but mostly spending time on timely principles they don't teach you in business school. Please enjoy this twenty-seventh episode of Generation Excellence with Nick and Dean Becheris of Bacheris Brothers Coffee Company. Good afternoon. Nick and Dean from From Bacheris Brothers Coffee Roasters Company in Highland Park, Michigan, or Detroit, for those listening around the globe. Wonderful to have you, and, and I, I think I'm catching both of you in the office, the business operation this afternoon.
1: Correct. My brother, my brother is up in our quality control lab, and I am at my office. Yes. Well, I, I, I
0: thank you for for doing this. In, the, in, the, in a small number of podcasts. The second one, talking and getting around the subject of business that has coffee centrally, which is pretty exciting to me. I'm kind of kind of a fan still learning about, uh, you know, a business and a word that goes back, my research says, to 1582. So there's a lot, a lot of history with coffee and you all have been a part of it.
1: And a lot uh, of people's lives that depend on that cup of coffee, yes.
0: So t- t- would you... Kind of take us back where the math is, this is the 114th year of 107. 107th year of business. started. Operations.
1: started in 1914, right?
0: So you got Nicholas and George, you kind of call it the humble beginnings. Yes. Talk 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 about you know what you know, and it looks like from photos behind you on the walls, there's good, better archivists at your place than at ours. Yes. But yes. what you know of and how that story is told of the founding and then we'll get into the second generation and then we'll talk about both the third and the fourth generation which is just just fantastic.
1: Okay, before I get to the history I did I do want to mention I you know we have listened to various podcasts since uh, you first were kind enough to invite us to do this and uh, I take my hat off to you for spotlighting these multi-generational businesses because I I don't think the general public really knows what it takes to move a business to another generation it takes uh obviously hard work dedication but a lot of luck and a lot of things uh, falling into the right places and um i take my hat off to you for spotlighting you well,
0: no that's really kind of you i mean as a proud third generation member of a fa- generational family business i am i am doing this as much as a student as celebration but so you know we're all all learning from each other well you're doing and, a great job trying so to have, get some we appreciate, others to learn. Being,
1: a, we appreciate oh. being a part of it
0: so you're going to kind of
1: give us your, uh, the roots. Yes. My, uh, my two great uncles, uh, my uncle George and my uncle Nick, who I have named after, uh, yep. came to Chicago from a small village in the mountainous regions of Greece. Um, they came through Ellis Island and started out in Chicago. Uh, A lot of their, they first started working in restaurants, dishwashers, busboys, waiters, And uh, I think after a very short time in the restaurant world, they realized that neither one of them wanted to be in the restaurant business, but their countrymen were all building, you know, opening restaurants in Chicago. They decided they, they didn't want to be in the restaurant business, but they wanted to take advantage of all the countrymen they had that were opening restaurants. They decided on not only coffee, but different spices that they were doing at the time back in 1914 when they started. And um, the company grew in Chicago. And then uh, in the mid to late 20s, as the Model T plant was cranking here, actually in Highland Park, which is about, Mm -hmm. I look out my window, I can see the Model T factory. It's about two, three blocks east of where I'm sitting. Um, The Model T plant was going full force and restaurants were opening in Detroit. Ah. It was a renaissance, you know, a little bustling business here. The $5 a day wage was being paid. So my uncle Nick wanted to come to Detroit, take advantage of that. He opened a branch of the company here and uh, in the late twenties down around where behind the Fox Theater sits today where the freeway passes right next to it. That was where our plant was. And we still, we predominantly sold to restaurants throughout Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, up into the UP, all from our facility uh, in downtown Detroit. My uh, great uncle Nick and aunt were not blessed with children and the business was growing here in Detroit, and my uncle Nick, my great-uncle Nick, wanted a family member that he could count on, kind of like a son to groom him in the business, so he sent word to my grandfather in the village in Greece, and my father was the first-born boy after five sisters, (laughs) and uh, my... And he had two younger, uh, two younger brothers also. But my uh, great uncle Nick said, "I'm looking, you know, send me one of your sons over here to I'll groom him in the business." And my uh, my grandfather, who uh, was a Greek, was the Greek Orthodox priest of the village. I think he knew right away which one he wanted to get rid of. So at the age of 15, he sent my dad here uh, by boat, by ship. Not knowing the language, and wow! My dad got off, and uh, as all, as he always told us, he started. Uh, you know, he came to this country with a twenty dollar bill in his pocket and an opportunity, and anything yep. that he yep. left with on top of that. It, it was the, you know, the great American uh, immigrant story, the American dream. I did. My father truly got to live that. Sure. So as my dad, my dad, uh, you know, no, no real formal education, but uh, he was a very intuitive guy. He wanted to learn. He had a voracious uh, learning, he wanted to learn about everything. Um, so he started out in the coffee business with my great uncle uh, at, a, at a young age. And then um, he was going to night school to learn English, going to high school at Cast Tech. Huh. He, um signed up. He went to, uh, during the Korean War, he enlisted in the Army and was sent to Japan during the Korean War. Came back, he actually wanted to, he actually wanted to, on the GI Bill, go to law school, and then my uh, great Uncle Nick said, I didn't, you know, I didn't bring you to this country for you to be a lawyer. I brought you here to learn the coffee business, and uh, my dad came into business full force after coming out of the Army, and uh, we it was under his direction that the company actually transformed back in the i want to say the late 50s where we got involved with the military the united I states i was going
0: to ask i was going to ask about how the business yes.
1: got to providing product to the military so my dad got in a car went to philadelphia to the defense personnel support center and the the um, Military had their own, the U.S. government had their own coffee roasting facilities to supply all their troops with coffee. And then they set aside so much, so many millions of pounds a year for small business. And uh, my dad got us on the bid list. And the rest was kind of history. We kind of transformed our business to military. Uh, military coffee we put in So what cans. does one provide to the military? B- ground coffee, beans. Ground coffee. Huge bags? Ground coffee in, <laughs> you know, in 20 pound vacuum packed uh cans for battleships, for submarines, sure, our coffee anywhere on the planet. Okay. Yeah, our coffee was uh when the USS Nautilus went under the polar ice cap, Time Magazine did a exposé of the USS Nautilus and they showed a picture of the galley and in the galley was cans of Bacher's Brothers coffee. Highland Park, Michigan. So he blew that picture up, and we used it uh, for many years as our advertising campaign. Um, and then we moved from my that plant down in in Detroit. And my dad wanted to fully automate our plant. He wanted a fully automated plant where he could run seventy thousand pounds okay. of coffee a day with five family members. If he had, that was the goal. And that's the plant that we are in currently, got it designed to pump out volume for the military to feed canning lines and we did that business for fifty five years Wow um, and and we were you know we worked hand in hand with the military. There were some point. There were some years where we were the main supplier. The the other companies that we were bidding against, that we had built in so many efficiencies into our facility that they really couldn't compete. And there were years where we got a hundred percent of the military contracts, um, and we were very proud of that business. We you know.
2: We well, also, sort of you know, we we did all you know all the Viet, Vietnam War, Desert sure. Shield, Desert Storm. You know, we supplied all the coffee for. for The troops, you know, uh, God bless them all, but supplied the coffee for all the troops, and and to this day, we still get inquiries uh, through our website. Got you know, troops who, you know, I was gonna ask, you get hooked on right your coffee? I fought fought in Vietnam or I fought in Desert Shield, and your coffee got you know got me you know got me up in the morning, and you know, uh, because on on the on the cans, there was nothing on the cans that had our name, but the lids had our name okay um, but the, the, the lids had the Chairs brothers coffee island park michigan so yeah we still get inquiries to this day from from former servicemen hey, i always yeah. hear about coca-cola and it's right and it's and it's really neat you know so we'll we'll always you know we'll, we'll always say hey, you know thank you for your service we'll send them a case of coffee you know and, and it's it was it was a badge of honor for us really i mean sure. to be able to serve the troops i mean how cool is that and and uh, it, it really was a was a cool a cool thing to do. and you and you were still servicing the
0: restaurants oh at- definitely yes yes uh, yeah.
1: okay uh, all the restaurants we we you know we had all the restaurants we were doing uh, you know private labeling at the time but our our main focus during those years was on the military i mean this was a pretty much a 24 hour a day Seven day a week facility during the military days,
0: and we, and and I ask where the coffee itself, the beans themselves, where, where, where you know proudly Greek immigrants, the people, where would the coffee right. come? Where would the coffee come from, or where does well, the coffee
1: come from? Predominantly, I mean, still the same places we're we're importing from today: Brazil, Colombia, Guatemala, okay. Mexico, Nicaragua. You know, all the uh, all those places, all right. the countries. Uh, around the equator we get coffee in from uh, east africa also indonesia a lot of specialty coffees from ethiopia so you know we 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 have a nice mix of uh, coffees coming from around the globe in here
0: so for the two of you what is that what's your earliest memories of this business either at home stuff coming home or going into the to the, the- i don't know if
1: you can see right there i keep a picture behind my desk that's me packaging coffee as a four-year-old okay so Uh, my father you remember
0: that or it's the picture
1: i I do i do because my father knew a lot of things but he didn't know there were (laughs) there were child Child labor labor rules (laughs) so he he um both my brother and i brought us down here uh practically from the time we could walk and uh this became like second home to us from very, very early ages. I mean, my, as far back as I can remember, I was always involved in some way, shape or form uh, in, in coming down the plant. My, our, our house that I grew up on, grew up in was on the Detroit golf course, which is about a mile away from here. And um, I would walk with my father on, on weekends to come, you know, in the summertime we would walk together to the office great and walk home at night And um, so as it's, far back as i can
2: remember yes it's funny because uh like nick said it 100 as far back as, as i as uh i can remember there's 14 years age difference between nick and i so okay. um i was then there's two sisters between us so uh yeah, as far back as, as i can remember you know same thing my dad was was bringing me down here and he it was an interesting dynamic because uh, he was very and Nick would agree with this. He was very tough on us, you know, when we were here. He sure. didn't treat like his kids. Right, you know, he he treated us. He was very hard on us, and to the point where you know the guys that worked in the plant would come to us at breaks and be like, "Geez, man, your dad, you're, <laughs> I thought your dad was hard on us. He's ten times <laughs> harder on you guys." Um, but you know, there was a reason behind that. Uh, and it was because he didn't want to show us any favorites. Exactly. You know, I right. mean, he, he came over here and he was sweeping floors when, when he was brought here for Greece and he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna bring us here and say, Hey, here's your office. You're, you know, you're an exec. I mean, we were during summer, during middle school and high school. I mean, you know, Hey, you sweep the floors, you mop the floors. That's how you're going to learn. You're going to oh, learn. Were, were you always,
0: Dean, were you always going to go into the business or cause one of the things we find with these, Stories of these generational businesses, even though people grow up around it and they know it so well, sometimes they're
2: pursuing something else. Like, you know, your father with the law degree. It's it's funny. It's funny you say that because uh, Nick Nick was a hundred percent always coming into the business.
0: Okay, packing those bags at four, you were coming the whole time, all right?
2: 100 percent was always coming into the business. I never wanted to come into the business when I was growing. Okay, To be frank with you. Yeah, uh, I I shouldn't say I didn't want to. it's just I didn't see myself. I understand. Uh, there, were, there were other things I wanted to do. There was other things I wanted to accomplish, and and when I graduated, I went to Michigan State. Both Nick okay. and I went to Michigan State. When I graduated, I actually moved to New York, and I got a job working for an elevator company. I was a, okay. I was a sales rep for an elevator company in New York. Twenty two years old, living in Manhattan, uh, you know, dealing with with unions and and stuff sure. like that, and elevator mechanics and and unions and union bosses and um, and it was great. It was an unbelievable and invaluable, what a valuable experience it was for me. Uh and and I absolutely loved it. But uh it just wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. You know, uh it wasn't the same. My dad, both my dad and my brother uh I, you know, weren't ecstatic about me doing it because they needed the help. We were real busy, they thought I was okay. gonna come into business. <laughs> um and I ended up being out there for five years. And then when I came home and, and and joined the business, my dad was starting to kind of phase out. He was getting older, was looking to, to, to slow down and, and get out. So, uh, you know, I joined Nick here in the business. That was in 2003. And I think they would both tell you that the best thing I ever did was go get that experience. Sure, yeah. It, no, that it, that it you bring something brought, to it. It just brought a different perspective in, you know. Yep. I, I got to get outside experience. I got to see how a corporation works, how America works. I got to deal with, you know, unions in, in New York city and it was an unbelievable experience, but it just wasn't the same. I understand. And so, and so going out and seeing that other side really made me long to be back in my family business. And are your
0: sisters involved in the business as well?
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah both, both sisters.
1: My, my sister, Stephanie, who has been here, you know, from a young age, also ran our office. Uh, she decided uh, about a year ago that she wanted to, you know, take a step back, and uh, my other sister, Demi, has kind of taken over from her and runs all the administration of our office. Wonderful.
0: Um, so, were there any tough meetings where they said, "This is called Bacheris Brothers Coffee"? Like, at some point, was that ever <laughs> we, brought up?
1: Or you know, my one, my sister Stephanie was a lot like my father. She brought it up on many occasions. Yes. <laughs> uh, And I told her, you know, we we can't. uh, (laughs) The the name is etched in stone. I mean, we'd have to repaint the building and change it. (laughs) That's all. That's
2: all a lot of work. But no, we we it really is the true essence of a family business. I mean, between you know Nick and I and and our two sisters, I mean, it 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 really is a, a a true family business. And and you know with that comes a lot of good and it also comes some uncomfortable conversations and sure. uh, you know i'm sure you know jamie I and mean, your part yeah
0: it's not all perfect it's not i say to everybody it's not all you know uh some dramatic uh, miniseries on hbo either it's, it's no no it's, it's real although although and i do
1: look at some of those family business hbo Series, I, I do find a lot of similarities. There are moments, yeah, there are moments you can relate
2: to. <laughs> there are a lot of moments, and you're
0: and you're laughing, and other people aren't. And you're like, oh, "Yes,
1: okay. yes.
0: Talk, There's a statement uh, serving the taste of excellence. Uh, that's part of your business. What, what, what is what is that go back to, or what is that
1: kind of about? That just that was started by my great uncle Nick. We were the okay. so from the origins. Were, Yes, we were the first one to bring 100% Colombian coffee into the Michigan market. And we sold a one pound can called York. Um, And we sold that can in every supermarket, you know, grocery store, independent Hudson's downtown carried it. But we were, you know, back then there were no Starbucks, there were no specialty coffees. And that that can say was selling for $3 a pound where you could buy Hills brothers and Folgers and Maxwell house for a dollar 50 a pound. So I don't think at that point before the, you know, the specialty industry took hold, I don't think people really perceived that big of a difference in coffee. So, and, and we were competing against multinationals that were spent tons of money in slotting allowances, which you're very familiar with and, you know, your product categories there. Um, and we just didn't, we just didn't see us competing uh, on the grocery store shelf when we were, you know, we were going full guns into the military business and pumping out incredible amounts of volume for the military. Here, we kind of, uh, we kind of shifted our focus away from the retail. And coincidentally, now we're we're, we're kind of focusing back on retail. Yeah. Thanks. And and then so that you, so that was called York. But you also yeah. have
0: a product called
1: Royal York.
0: Royal York is York. our
1: trademark. Yeah, those are both trademarked by us. Uh, my, w- what I didn't tell you in the history is, we had we had our plant here in Highland Park. We had a plant in Toronto. Uh, that's a, what I wondered if it was. Yes, we had a plant in Houston and we had a plant in Chicago. Um, the my great uncle Nick spent a lot of time at the Royal York Hotel in. Mm-hmm. I know it in, right in Toronto. Yeah. Toronto would always stay there when he visited the plant, was very fond of the place. and uh, he trademarked Royal York coffee here in the United States. It's still our registered trademark today. and uh, but it was taken it was taken after his uh, all his stays at the uh, the Royal York hotel in Toronto.
0: So the, the attempt or, you know, to be the product on, I was you know, cause one of the things I like to ask about is, yeah, you have the big wins of the military contract or, right. you know, proudly what you've served uh, the big boy restaurant group and chain through all of its iterations for <laughs> 60 some years. Correct. Yeah, correct. Uh, and other restaurant groups that have been around a long time. Were there yes. any, are there any other famous things that you tried or got into that uh, were offshoots or new things you know,
2: famous failures i guess or mistakes or you know you know what's what's interesting so what's interesting is is when in when the late it, you know when the military when we stopped doing military, the, the, yeah. the military came to us and said hey look we're, we're going uh we're changing how we buy our coffee we're not going direct anymore we're, we're going to the the cisco's and the in the u.s foods of the world ah, i got it they're going to go out and do all the bidding." Um, so they brought us in to there's those meetings and said, Hey, you know, this is our coffee guy, you know, we'd really like you to use him. Great. Um, so once the military left, the, you know, the Cisco's and the U S foods of the world said, okay, well, let, let me tell you how this really works. You know, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna bid it out. We'll give it to you. But then, you know, we take this much for marketing and this much for this and this much. For, so by the time you were done, it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> you, you couldn't make any money. So, uh, we really had to reinvent ourselves. And uh, I think Nick can Nick can probably speak to, to some failures along the way because that, that was uh, more dur- during, you know, his time when he was just starting to become president of, of the company and stuff. And, uh, you know, we started getting into contract packaging and the private labeling. And uh, I know there was more than a few private labels that we thought were going to be, you know, home runs that uh, ended up with just pallets of unused film uh-huh. sitting in the garage, <laughs> you know
1: a lot of those there's a lot of those stories um but getting back to the military you know one of the things i remember you know it's not only jamie you know you get a contract to uh provide say you know six million pounds of coffee to the military in an eight month period and you know you win you win the award but you know the real work is you have to go out and secure that coffee you sure have to hedge that coffee on the futures exchange and one of the things you know dj did uh, i call him dj that's my brother, Dean, but um, DJ went off to New York when I, between high school, before I went to college, my dad sent me to London uh, to work on the commodity exchange oh, there nice. at the floor broker in the pits. So I was there for almost a year. I took a year off and went and worked on the floor and kind of learned the trading aspect of coffee, how to, you know, the hedging and, and all of that. And that's where I, you know, that's where I got my, my training and how to uh, manage our risk here at the company. And, to you know how to hold our futures position so back when we had these big military contracts the one that i recall back in 94 it was a it was a huge military contract that we had and you know my dad would take a different you know had a different view of the market he thought the market was too high and he didn't fully hedge our our commitment to the military at that time and there was an over and this is before the internet and you know, right. everything like that. And you could get instant weather, inf- instant, you information. Could get instant information. So we had a, we had a really unexpected catastrophe in Brazil, uh, which grows 60% of the world's coffee it Had a major freeze, lost a lot of, you know, a lot of the crop was lost. Coffee went, say for, you know, went from a dollar a pound to $3 a pound, like overnight, you know, basically just in the blink okay. of an eye. So, I remember my dad coming back, and you know, these we would spit out thirty three pound cans a minute out of our campers. And, you know, it was just a silver blur coming out of our canning lines. And my dad pulled me aside. He goes, "Look, you're going to work real hard this summer," he said. <laughs> we have a huge, we have a huge contract. This is, a, this is probably one of the biggest contracts we've had. He goes, "But I just want to, you know, because of the frost situation, every three pound can that's rolling off that line, I want you to." picture a 10 cent piece on top of that can falling into a wastebasket. Yeah. That's, that's what this summer I'm glad
0: about. you brought that up because the, the yes. financial complexities and that kind of stuff, it's you know yes. like running yes. an airline and dealing with fuel costs. Exactly. I, mean, I don't think exactly. most people would think about it. No. No. Uh, so you're the people that when you watch the movie Trading Places with someone, you can actually explain it to them.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Uh, obviously.
2: It's the second largest uh most widely traded commodity in the world, sure. crude. So you know, people don't don't really realize that you know they they get their uh, bag of coffee from wherever they may get it from, and they think it it you know it comes like that. I mean, no, it's 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 a crop. It's grown. You know, you got to import it and roast it and grind it and package it. It's a it's a pretty complex crop, actually. So you've got
0: this you know really neat 107 year history, and you're still going and you're inventing and thinking about things. Let's let's shift gears and look to the future a little bit because you mentioned now going back into doing some packaged product that's distributed in some different ways and even direct to consumer kind of stuff because of the you know the internet. What what are you all excited about in the future of of the Chares Brothers coffee business?
1: Well, I'm I'm very excited because I have my fourth generation uh, my son my son sitting right next to me here. Um, that's what I'm excited about. I have two. I have two sons and a daughter. My daughter Maria, she has an advertising degree from Michigan State. Eventually, I think wants to get into the advertising world, but she's been helping out here also. So, having my two kids, which is the fourth generation, uh, I, I never understood how my dad felt having me. Uh, he, my dad, would just say, "You know, just can you sit there for a while?" I go, "Well, really, I need to go home." He goes, "No, I just want to, just want you to sit with me for a while because I want to." <laughs> I want to see what I have to work for still, you know, and I I never really appreciated that until I have my kids here now, and uh, it's amazing how uh, how your life kind of passes before you. Are you know? hard on them? I'm not as hard as my father. No way. I don't think <laughs> not. No way. No way. But um, what what I will tell you is, uh, I called my mom uh, this, uh, you know, I think it was a few months ago. I remember walking in the plant and saying something to my son, almost like my father would say to me back in the day. And he turned around and looked at me with the same look that I used to give my dad. And I called my mom, like, instantaneously. I said, my life just passed before me. Sure. I just got the same look from my son as I used to give dad. I said, so, you know, life life comes around full circle at some point.
0: You know, given DJ's experience, have you encouraged them to get some experience in some other places
1: categories uh, business styles I, but Nick Nick did an internship um, when he was at Michigan State my son Alec who worked here in the summer yeah, I have pictures of them as as four-year-olds packing right. coffee here too Nick is with me my daughter Maria is with me my son Alec is in uh, Santa Monica California working for Oracle right now That's oh okay so different, October. getting to so he, he wanted a, he, like his uncle DJ he wanted a different perspective. And yes, go ahead. What's some, what's some advice that
0: you give them? Is there new, you know, young people in the, in the workforce in,
1: in some difficult times? My advice is you, 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 you uh, you've got to trust your gut and your instinct. Cut not out that they all. want to hear, not that they want to hear that advice, but not that they want to hear, but yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. cut out all you're going to see, you know, I, I when I was, your, you know, I, I was, we didn't have the social media they had. We didn't get bombarded with all these different things. And, people commenting on this and commenting on mm-hmm. that should be doing this and you know it, it's all great but at the end of the day the decision you know you have to trust your instinct you have to trust your gut you have to, you have to block out the noise and, uh, and go with your own instincts i think that that's what has allowed us to survive all these years is um, just trusting what we do trust the process i
2: guess and, and, and jamie i'll tell you the the whole uh you know the, the past year, and I, I think today is March twelfth. I mean, we're we're literally we're at the one year we're doing this on yeah. the one year anniversary of when everything shut down. Um, you know, we've prided ourselves in on 107 years. We've had to reinvent ourselves many times. You yep. know. Um, as as, as enlisting- it wasn't called it wasn't called pivot.
0: Then you just changed. Uh, or no, you figured something you, out. Right. As,
2: as and as I've listened to to many of your podcasts that you've done with other multi generational businesses, that seems to be a very common theme. They've had to re, they had to reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know this pandemic was was no different. You know, I mean, we you know we were humming along. Uh, you know, good. You know, at a great growth rate. Restaurant businesses good. Restaurant uh, businesses. You know, in offices. Yep. Selling into big distributors that selling to huge offices and and campuses. You know, big. You know, office campuses and world headquarters and and big plants. And then it all it all just got shut off. And and yeah. I remember when it when it first happened, everyone would say, you know, oh, well people still drink coffee. Yeah, people still drink coffee, but they're not necessarily drinking it where we're selling it right now. Right, right. <laughs> so so we had to to look in other avenues. We had a couple retail brands, a couple partners that we partnered with that um, that were doing some retail stuff. And thankfully for them, I mean, they they just blew up in the past year, which really helped us you know, stay afloat and, and keep our machines going and keep our roasters going and keep our doors open and keep our people employed and keep them working. Um, you know, the, the retail business is something, you know, in the past year, that's where people are drinking their coffee. They, they're they not necessarily, they weren't stopping at the C store. They weren't getting it at their office. They weren't stopping sure. for breakfast in the morning. they are drinking it at home. And, and so our retail brands this year that, that, uh, retail partners that they've really, you know, uh, Helped us stay afloat through this, and and now you ask about the future. I mean, it, it helped us open our eyes and say, you know, stuff we used to scoff at because you know, all oh, well, uh-huh. these retail brands. You go on Amazon. I mean, how many retail coffee brands are there? Or you go to a store. How many retail coffee? But if you do it the right way, there's a lot of growth potential there. So I think it's opened our eyes to that. Great. You know, we always we were dabbling in it, but through this past year, we're like, no, we need to actually invest some money and.
0: So stay on that for a second. Is as, as as a family business, and brothers working, and a sister in the business, and other people. So you're you're you know you're going. The, 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 this this last year has been v- incredibly challenging for so many businesses, and I'm glad we're doing this at more the tail end, hopefully, of it than when you know the, the months ago. But how as you consider those different opportunities? How do you all? How do you all make decisions on that? How do you evaluate that? I mean, there's a gut component, but there's some data. Like, are there? Are you meeting every week and talking about it? Do you write each other? I'm just
2: wondering the dynamic. Well, you know what's funny? Go ahead. The reason, the reason Nick and I uh, work so well together, and people ask us that all the time. I'll bet how do you and your brother work so well together? i mean we're not we don't only run a business together i mean we're, we're literally best friends it's it, 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 it's weird i mean what we we work 60 70 hours a and, week together and, and then, then do stuff outside of work together mornings you know we're on the phone and, and our wives are like why didn't you just spend 70 hours last week with them but you know it, it, the reason is nick and i are very different you know uh yep in in a business perspective nick is a very macro uh guy you know he he looks at he's he's a vision more of a visionary very you know long term and uh you know more sales oriented i'm minutiae i like getting into the numbers i'm I'm an operations guy you know so we don't really step on it we know each other's roles but we don't really get in each other's way because we have different talents and it's been invaluable for us just because um, we can look at things from different perspectives, you right. know, and, and I look at things so narrow sometimes, and he'll be like, well, no, you need to look at it from this, this picture, and vice versa. And and our sisters are are kind of right in the middle of us. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, one way, he's the other, and they're kind of right in the middle. So there's a really good balancing act with the whole dynamic. Uh, and the talents we all bring and there are a lot you know there's a lot of discussions after work um, during the day it's just so busy and hectic that we're running all around and we're on our plant we're on our floor we're taking phone calls we're talking to customers we're talking to suppliers but there's a lot of time spent after work sitting up in our conference room having a cup of coffee you know <laughs> gonna ask. And, just, yeah, and just and just going up going over stuff and strategies you know how much coffee I, do you both drink in a day? You,
1: not you as can, much as our father. My, our okay. father, my dad would, would drink 30 cups a day. I mean, ah. you know, we probably five or six cups, you okay. know, probably five or six cups. We have an espresso maker upstairs. You know, we'll start our hearts with that in the morning. And then <laughs> you know, we're at our cupping table every morning, too, sure. uh, doing much like the wine tasting. You know, the cupping table is an integral part of our business. But getting back to what my brother said, I wasn't, you know, when I... When I was not first starting out in the business, but I was involved in a lot of like family business associations, yeah. and would you know do a lot of there were the Detroit Family Business Council, and and I would go and and sit into some of these meetings, and I would just listen to like the horror stories of mm-hmm. some fighting and infighting in the business and everything, and, and I could I could understand that. I mean, my you know when my father was here, and my great I still remember my great uncle. You know, we come from an ethnic family with a lot of you know emotions run high and everything but
2: i can honestly
1: tell you uh in all the years of of my brother and i working hand in hand together we have never raised our voice we've never even had we've had we've never even had an argument to be honest with you i know it i know know it doesn't sound normal but yeah we don't have a sibling you know we're 15 14 15 years apart we don't have a sibling rival We, we we really do work hand in hand and you know We'll, well, Saturday morning on my way to the gym or his way, wherever he's going with his little girls, we're on the phone with each other. Nice. So it's, it's, it works out real well. And the same with a relationship with our sisters.
0: Also. I mean, when you do all get together for family things though, is it an extended board meeting or are you able to talk about other things and get away from it? a little?
1: Uh, We we typically shut the,
2: uh, we typically shut the business down. Good. Good. Yeah, there, there, there's not a lot of, there, there's when our father was alive, he, you know, he passed in 2014 when he was alive. And, and especially because he, he had, he was out of the day-to-day operations and stuff. So when we would have family dinners over there on the Sunday, he always wanted, wanted to, to know about, what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. he wasn't here day to day. So, but um, you know, you know, since he's passed and, and when, you know, my mom, our mom's uh, 80th birthday was a couple of weeks ago. We had the whole family together. There isn't a lot of, of business talk. You good know, it's more healthy let's yeah. let's just be together yeah. as a family enjoy each other's company and
0: and, and. I, as you all go to different businesses travel the world when travel is a little can you do you just enjoy coffee in those different places or are you always kind of is it always business and you're kind of testing i, I go to coffee? brazil you know
1: pre-pandemic I, I for since i've been twenty twenty seven, twenty eight, 27 28 i go every year to brazil it's kind of my way to hit my reset button. I just have okay. a real connection with, with the culture of the people, going. Oh, that's you know, neat. Yeah, going to farms that in the middle of nowhere that you couldn't even imagine existed, um, and, and just seeing these farmers living off the land. You know, people, places like that still do exist. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful culture. I it 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 really invigorates me every year when I when I go there and. You know, I've made such great friends through the years. Um, huh. I mean, there's business that takes place. Sure, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're we're going to we're going to farms that we you know we actually use the product from these farms, and uh, we want to see how the crop is developing. And, and, and if we go, I go for business, but it is a it is a true true place for of enjoyment for me because I get you know I I kind of reset and have a, another focus on what the next year is going to bring when I look at the crop and. You know, we travel a lot of miles in, in 10, 12 days, and uh, I really look forward to that every year. Great.
0: One, one of the traits or characteristics, I think, of these people like yourselves that grow up in these really interesting family businesses, uh, you know, working situations, making product is is being like lifelong learners and kind of absorbing right. other stuff that goes on. So what's, what are, for each of you, what's an example of something maybe in the last year even that you've experimented with or... Uh, trying, you know, new skill, uh, 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 people have gotten into baking and cooking and, you know, wine, you mentioned, I uh, just, just really a curious kind of
1: what you're exploring with some time. You know, DJ, want, you want to address that first.
2: I mean, um, I, it, it, it's funny, I, um, when I moved home from New York, you know, I, I did, I was in sales. And I never, uh, when I moved back here and got joined the business, I, that's what I thought, that's the avenue I thought I would go into. Okay. You know, in the business, sales. And, you know, when I came back, I started working in the plant and I just really uh, fell in love with the day-to-day operations. Gotcha. Of the plant. And, I, and it fit my personality. I'm just more, much more of an operation. Uh, everything is a system, even in, you know, my personal life. And everything is just neat and orderly and system-based um uh, but you know when we had a, a gentleman here for a number of years who was our plant manager he had him he was here for 25 years and he was one of those guys that could do anything anything and everything okay uh electrical plumbing mechanical I mean just anything so I never had to get my hands dirty that way you know if, if a machine broke down packaging machine broke down there he was ready, go fix it you know. And I just kind of let him do it, you know, and uh, I never really learned the intricacies of it. Well, years ago, Larry ended up, you know, getting sick and and he ended up passing away pretty suddenly. And uh, so I, I remember my brother and I having a conversation with a friend of ours who also was another business owner. He said, you know, you guys may not realize it now, but this is going to make you better at what you do. I know you're freaking out because you lost your plant guy and he, you know, he fixes everything. He's like, but I guarantee in the long run, it's going to make you better at, at what you do day to day. And so once that happened, I felt the need that I really had to learn a lot of this stuff, you know, and I, and, and I, I've electricity, I still stay away from, but you know, mechanical, <laughs> you know, when a machine breaks down now, you know, my, our dad used to get in these machines and fix them, you know, sure. Now I'm doing that, you know, and that was something I never dreamed I could ever figure out, but now, you know, I have a comfort level with doing it because, you know, when Larry pet, well, who the heck else is going to do it? So, um, it's just something that I've kind of really become in more, more and more interested in over the past, you know, oh, few that's, years. Great. that's a great
0: story. and example of making something good out of a difficult situation too.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, when you, when you talk about the last year, I think we've been so hyper, I can't fix anything. So <laughs> I, I trust me, I couldn't either. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and I, I still the gentleman wife, and my wife will tell you, I still won't change my, a life. Now. My wife's, yeah.
1: <laughs> but the gentleman that told us that we'd be better, you know, we, we, we're going to be better off because we're going to, we're going to learn it all, uh, you know, our, on our own. He was absolutely right. Now we, yeah. you know, now we fix things. And, you know, like I said, in the last year, we've been hyper focused on kind of, you know, looking for the next revenue stream is right. like, what are we going to go after? Are we going to go after retail? Are we going to look at canning, cold brew specialty. We have an online store. We've been so hyper focused on how we're going to, you know, come out of this. That I think, you know, I I don't think, uh, you know, I wanted to take flying lessons at one time of my life i you know I, there there's just been no time to we've been so hyper focused on the business that we've've we kind of not um, not looked at any any other avenues. I will say, like my brother though however, you know in the hedging part the financial part of uh, hedging our coffee and and uh, dealing with the coffee exchange and the futures market every day i have gotten um i i have gotten a lot more uh, Insight into how to use, uh, you know, coffee future options, the, the options market, which takes a little bit more of the risk. It's not as risky as just holding the futures position sure. out. So, you know, the kind of the downtime where we haven't been that busy, I've kind of explored things on the risk management side, that the tools that I'm utilizing more and more to help us manage risk that that I wouldn't wasn't doing four or five years ago. You know, the time has allowed me to. To look at different avenues to, to better the business.
0: I mean, that's really nice to hear because it's it's managing risk for a business, but also clearly being able to manage your time because
1: absolutely. there absolutely. are
0: lots, lots of things that can cause us to fritter our time away. Absolutely. Or, and absolutely. then you don't want to look back and go, man, I wasted all that time. And, and um, Absolutely. But I, I can so relate to being kind of very focused on what are going to be other revenue streams and what's going to keep this going. And and even though I might've had some things to, to, to try to mess with uh, what, you know, I, I, I've, I've loved ending these different conversations with people or it's more the sort of the human and emotional part rather than sort of like, you know, trading options and stuff. What, what is the most fulfilling thing for you each about this generational Business, you know, Bachearas Brothers Coffee Company, going back 107 years and going strong. You know, not just 107, like
1: more. Well, years. Uh, you know, we get asked that a lot, and different times, I, I different I, answers, I, different times. I, I think I answered differently, but you know, I, I look back. You know, we throughout throughout our plant, we have you know, we just have pictures of um, my two great uncles. Uh, know, we we truly, like my brother said, we truly are a family business, and and it it translates to our employees. We had a gentleman here; he was an employee for seventy six years. He started with my great uncle when when he was fifteen. passed away Passed away several years ago, but he, you know, we had three retirement parties for the guy, and he would still show up on Monday, you know, with (laughs) with his new watch. But he was part of, you know, he was part of our family. Sure. Uh, And and that's the way, you know, that's that's the what we try to impart with our employees, but when I look back and I and I look at my two great uncles, they started this, you know, they started this company with a lot of hard work, um, but you know, they started with a lot of love and respect for each other. And when I look, you know, when I look 107 years later, you know, I'm running this with my brother and my two sisters, my son and my daughter, and we still have that same love and respect a century later. And and it's that legacy that that I want you know, my family to understand, you know, that it, it, it means something, you know, it, it truly yeah. means something down deep where you can't even explain. It, it's just a feeling that I can't impart it to my friends who are in, in a corporate America. I try, but it's a feeling that you get only by, you know, never being able to turn this place off, even if you're right. on vacation, you know, right, right. Yeah. It's always sort of there thinking about there. it. It's
2: always there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to piggyback off that, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's just, it's almost kind of like my mom used to always tell me, uh, you know, when I was a kid and she asked, you know, why can't I do this? Well, you know, you can't, but when you're, when you're a parent, you'll understand (laughs) it's, it's a similar feeling, you know, when, when you're a business owner, especially a multi-generational business like this, you know, you're not just working for yourself, you know, right. you're working for your family not only, you know, your wife and kids, but you know, your entire family, you know, your mom, that your, your dad, your aunt, your aunts and uncles that came before you. It's, it there's a, there's a pressure that comes with there's it. There's a weight. Yes. You're, you yeah, really don't think. be the generation that screws it up, yeah. but, Very well but, put, there, but there's also a, a comfort level knowing that, you know, you're, you're working your butt off and, and, it's it's really for your family's legacy and your family name uh it, it's just it's something you just can't it's something you just can't explain like i said it's really just something that's deep down and jamie i'm sure you know you can speak to it too it's it's just something that uh it, it's a pride that you feel when you show up here every day yeah and 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 i think that that our employees sense it and feel it you know we're always here you know we're we're one, my brother or I are always here, you know, and you'll find one of us on the plant floor at all times. And that's just how we were raised in this business. And it's how we run our business. We don't, we're not absentee owners, no. you know, and, and, and when you're asking your employee to do something and they see that you're here doing it too, they're not going to say no, you know, and, and I think it's just something that uh, you know, people, you know, they, they see the love and passion you have, and 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 so they they wanna they wanna do it too, you know. And uh it, it's a mutual, risk. it's a mutual, you know. Like Nick said about our employees, we we really do foster a family environment down here. I mean, we 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 have 25 employees, and you know, we're all family, and you know, we fight you know, like family, you know, we I'm so like well. We love yeah. like family. I mean, it's just the way it is.
0: You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, that, and that that's great, Dean. I think I mean what you just said is actually. While it's very true for family businesses, it's just that you know setting the example and doing the work. I mean, they're they're, they're kind of timeless principles, even though a lot of fancier stuff kind of it's a great flows, to flows, a great to... flows flows through business. I, I I guess I sometimes talk about being able to bottle it. In your case, it would be able to can it. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's 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 uh, it's you're right. It's sometimes hard to explain, and it's kind of the purpose of this podcast is take something that's a little harder to explain a little softer and subjective and show it to others who are either in these businesses, operating them, maybe wanting considering joining one that their family has or running for the Hills and any, <laughs> and anything I forgot to ask you about in this, because it is, it's such a, a rich history and and it's hard to, you know, capture that in, in a short period of time. No, I
1: think, you know, just, I just want to, you know, our dad, um, our dad was a good. Uh, he was a good mentor to us. Sure. Uh, as we talked about, we, you know, much like I'm sure with you, you know, growing up in the business and being down here, um, he, uh, you know, some of the things that you know, working here in middle school or high school in summertime when my friends were you know going to the beach and goofing off, you know, I had a little bit of a, you know, maybe a little resentment, like why am I why am I working when everybody is out doing nothing? Playing, yeah. And, and it wasn't until you know later in his life that I you know the the work ethic that he mm-hmm. gave to each one of my siblings and myself uh, was the most invaluable gift that I could never repay him for. And I you know as he got older and he, his health was failing, I, I sat him down in a hospital room and I said, you know what, I cannot thank you enough for the legacy the work ethic that you give given me. And I'm gonna to try to honor that by passing it to the fourth generation, which is not an easy thing to do. But uh I think so so far it's it's uh, it's making me proud to see how hard my, my children are working.
2: Yeah. That's hundred percent. uh it's a uh uh it, it was a very valuable thing. Like I, I mentioned earlier about the work ethic. It's um you don't understand it at the time. Uh, you almost resent it at the time, sure. and as you get older, you understand why it was done. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, with Nick and I always being on our, you know, I think that's why a lot of uh, uh, businesses don't make it past the second, third generation because of that, because it is a very hard thing to pass on. It's so really and, instill and instill that.
0: Yeah, it, right. it is. And the it more is. more successful the business, the more potential there is. For those down the line to not have to have that, ethic.
2: That's yeah. very well, put. hunger, and, and it's an interesting and, dichotomy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. But, you, but you just, know.
1: I just want to leave you with one more thing. You know, I get asked a lot, maybe for your listeners, because I've taken a little bit, little, little bits and pieces from all the podcasts that I've listened to. And yeah, the, two, um,
0: the two of you have doubled my
1: listener base, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I get asked all the time, and i for for years I always get asked, oh, you know, it it must be great to have a family business a hundred years old. And um, you know, what is there any, you know, is there anything you would change or anything hmm. any else anything else you would want to do or something you would change that you don't like about it? I said, for just once in my life, just one weekend, I'd like to be able to turn the key tonight at when we leave here at five six o'clock. Turn the key in the door, and not think about the place till I walk back in until Monday morning. And in my lifetime, Jamie, that has never <laughs> that has never happened. It's always like you said. It's always there. I'm listening to you, thinking,
0: if oh, I. <laughs> Been successful with that. I think my family's tried to take me to places where it's so you're on the edge of a you know cliff hiking, so you have to pay attention. But still, you're going and there's this memo. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Dean and you know as, as as representing the third generation, but also representing the first, the second, and even talking about the fourth generation of Pacheros Brothers Coffee Company and. Park. I, I I really thank you for joining generation excellence i mean the name of the thing was supposed to be about the gen and the x and you know what what generations we come from but it's really i mean you, you excellence is kind of in your thematic and you embody that
1: and well, like uh, we said congratulations been, to you, you know, kudos to pr- you yes thank you very much we've been proud to be associated in some way with uh with your company for for many years and kind of have a uh, a simpatico relationship. Yeah, need inner linkage. National client. And uh, we, like I said, take our we take our hat off to you for spotlighting these uh, generational businesses and keep up the good work. And we've been proud to be a part of it today. I'm, I'm going to keep at it. There's some new ones coming to you,
0: Dean. Thank you as well.
2: Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, right.
1: Jamie. Thank Jamie. you, Jamie. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you for listening. Special thanks to Sam Daly, Eric Head, and Joel Bienenfeld at SMZ, for helping make generation excellence, well, excellent.
2: Until next time, I'm Jamie Michelson.